0: This week on Sabbath School Rescue, we journey from the lion's den to the angel's den as we explore the Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School quarterly for February 8 to 14. Let's learn about how God saved Daniel from an otherwise certain death.
1: The Sabbath School Rescue podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have eighteen years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, from the lion's den to the angel's den. It's okay with you, Dr. Campbell, We're going to start with the memory text this week. It says, So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what a what a great description. I mean, for a, a bio of somebody's life to to have have it said, no fault um, found in him.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I can definitely say this is probably would not be the description my wife would ever give of me. But you know, I have aspirations.
0: Swoops, let's not ask our wives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, can you imagine someone be able to say these things about you? No error or fault found in you.
0: It's a beautiful thing to, to think about um, and a beautiful thing to strive for.
1: Yeah, you know, and this is typology. Mm-hmm. Through Christ, we can, you mm-hmm. know, uh, we can we can have peace with man and with God. And as a result of that, he gives us favor with people.
0: He does. And uh, Daniel had that, that walk with God, that relationship with God, that um, just his character kept growing more and more like Christ through his lifetime. And here's a, a beautiful description of what that looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh so so uh Sabbath afternoon's lesson is getting into a little bit about this it's it's talking about after the Medo-Persians take over Babylon and talking about Daniel the Mede. but then it talks about this this thing that's unfolding this plot uh and it's going to get into in Sunday's lesson and I'm not quite there yet but this thing called jealousy um I guess I did just, just transition to Sunday's <laughs> lesson uh you can't really explain the story without talking about jealousy
0: that's true. And, and, you know, we're kind of going through this whole lesson and we're constantly reminded that God's in charge, but uh, we're also contrasting that with what happens with our own sinful human natures. What what, what we tend to default to um, as, as sinners, as sinful human beings, is that um, we see somebody else that has something that we want. Um, we begin to become jealous and envious of that.
1: You know, uh, sometimes we get jealous of the power and position of people, but we should really get jealous of the hard work those people put in.
0: This is true. And uh, all the backstory behind uh, that has gotten us up to this point with Daniel's life. It's, it's really quite incredible. So uh, Daniel 6, 1
1: through 5, uh, it's, it's going on and talking about how Daniel was over the satraps and he was over the kingdom. Um, but also it says, verse 5, Then these wise men said, We shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they realized that the only thing they could front him on was the fact that he served the living God.
0: Yeah, I guess everyone has a weak spot somewhere, and they kind of knew that it wasn't going to be his character. So the only way they could attack him was uh, through his devotion to his God. What a, what a thought to think about. Yeah, most definitely.
1: It compares this story in Genesis thirty-seven, eleven, talking about Joseph and his brothers, and then Saul being jealous of David, how does jealousy play a role here with
0: Daniel, and how does
1: it tie into those two stories
0: well yeah that's that's a great great question uh buster, as we're looking at this uh this own story here um here are these other individuals they they saw Daniel he was obviously powerful uh and they wanted to take his spot that power within the kingdom, and so they're gonna do whatever it took to uh take him out, so to speak,
1: yeah. And, you know, you compare their character to that of Daniel's mm-hmm. at the uh, – we just read last week when Belshazzar said, I'm going to give you this this gold chain. I'm going to give you this robe. I'm going to make you in charge. And Daniel said, I don't want any of those things, mm-hmm. right? I, I I could care less about those things. And these guys, they're clamoring after it. They want that position. They want that power.
0: What what a contrast in, in characters. And in, I think we even brought out, you know, how – uh, at one point, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, here he is, he's basically an animal for a while, somebody's got to be running the kingdom. Um, and the kind of person you want to have to have your back is not the person who's trying to to take over your throne, uh, but who is a person of upstanding moral character. And it's no wonder that so much was entrusted to Daniel. Uh, but yet, uh, they saw the power, they didn't have the character.
1: Yes. And, and let's remember the lesson that Jesus speaks to us about this in Luke 18, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. whoever humbles, humbles himself will be actually exalted.
0: it's a, it's a biblical principle and uh, and here we see we can't see more uh, two stark contrast between uh, two different groups or individuals of, of, of their character here.
1: So let's bring this home just just quickly. How do you overcome the temptation of, of being jealous Dr. Campbell?
0: Well, yeah, that's that's a tough question because uh, I think, um, you know, if we're really honest, all of us at certain points we have to look and say, oh, well, why am I not at that point X Y Z? You know, and um, I, I'm reminded of one of one of my best friends that um, you know, hey, I I, I want to be a conference president by such and such an age and all these different kinds of positions, and yeah. he kept talking about I I I I. And I thought to myself, well, it's no longer about service anymore for this person. And it wasn't um, actually that surprising after a certain point. The person actually gave up um, their their uh, ministry and everything because their focus wasn't on themselves. It was on I. It was on me. Um, and I, I think the, the, the only safety, because, I mean, if we're really honest, again, um, all of us have that proclivity, that tendency. That's our default mode is we look around and say, "Oh, I want that. That's what I should have." Um, or whatever that may be. And um, the only way is through uh, humbly coming before Jesus Christ and and surrendering our will, surrendering ourselves. Uh, so instead of uh, and, and that ha- that takes a heart change and and that's not a one-time thing. That we just, "Oh, yeah, I do it once and then I'm I'm all, you know, Um, The Bible talks, the Apostle Paul talks about how I die daily. Yes, absolutely. we just have to surrender to Jesus every single day, wake up and say, Lord, I need you in my life today.
1: Yeah, you know, what I'm hearing you say there is we all have an eye disease that we need to get over. (laughs) (laughs) And the only way to do it is, is actually Revelation 3. We need to take the eye solve and realize that... What matters most is our vertical relationship. And if we keep comparing ourselves to to God, we realize we fall short. And our horizontal relationships, looking at man, it's not meant to climb over each other. It's meant to no, help each other. It is, and that's what this life is about.
0: You know, it's only the Holy Spirit that can bring that sense of conviction, give us that twenty twenty vision to really see ourselves for for who we we are. We're sinners. Um, you know, swoops. Uh, I'm 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 a sinner. Campbell Michael Campbell is a sinner in need of Jesus Christ. Uh, right now today and,
1: I, I i join you in that fully yeah.
0: right. so moving right along we're, we're looking at um this this uh danger of human jealousy where does this take um the the plotters um how, how do they go from there As so we transition to monday's lesson uh into this actual plot
1: you know because they knew the only thing they could attack daniel with was was his law with his god mm-hmm. and so they they Tempted Darius, right? And they said, "If you make this decree that for the next few, uh, for the next thirty days, that only we can worship you and, and bow down to your name." And Darius is like, "Sure, that sounds great." And and what happens when a king signs a decree? Because he signs
0: a decree here. Well, he can't change it. It's it's put into law. And in in Asian culture, in the in the Eastern culture, it's a bigger deal than it is in the West because a law symbolizes your you know everything you are, and so. It's a it's a matter of honor. And so to not carry out that uh, would not only undo the law in the kingdom, it would undo uh, how people viewed him. It would bring great shame to both himself and the kingdom.
1: Wow. OK, so so then they kind of played on the king's vanity. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. they used their jealousy to play on his vanity for him to sign this decree.
0: He did. You know, it's the, kind of the ultimate uh, suck-up. <laughs> you know, it's going to somebody, and uh, you kind of know where that's going, and, and they're playing to his ego.
1: You know, this is why the, the word discernment has to come into place. Uh, we mm-hmm. have to realize, why. Pe- why are people saying the things to us that they're saying? And to not allow it to go to our heads, and sometimes not allow it to go to our hearts. Now, if it's mm-hmm. criticism, receive it gladly, but... But find out where's this criticism coming from. If it's uh, puffing you up, find out where's this puffing you up coming from because maybe they want a favor from you later, right?
0: Well, you know, let's make it practical, um, uh, Buster. I'm I'm thinking, you know, you and I have both been pastors, but um – As pastors, we want to preach the word of God, right? Absolutely. And and, um, and I know we may have some listeners who are pastors, but we also have some that will no doubt be uh, parishioners that, you know, you are listening to sermons and stuff like that. And I I think coming out um, through many years, uh, there's always some people that come, you know, and, and, you know, it was an all right sermon. It wasn't your best sermon. It wasn't your worst sermon. But and someone comes up to you and they're just like, hey, that was an amazing sermon. It's just kind of overselling (laughs) it, right? Yes. You know that something's up. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, you right.
0: Do. Yeah, and and so how people respond, and uh, whether that's to your local pastor or to a leader or whatever context that may be, um, having that discernment, you kind of start seeing through things that um, uh, where where things are headed with uh, in in life. So, um, and again, back to the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit to give discernment. Not saying you shouldn't share appreciation with your pastor, but. You know, and by the way, it's just a little side note, but I think one of the best things that that you can say is, hey, I was praying for you.
1: Hey, absolutely. I, I appreciate those so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I found that as a pastor, I don't really take the backhand uh, or, or not the backhand at the door, but the shaking hands at the back door, those comments, mm-hmm. uh, I tell the people, I figure that a sermon was powerful or was useful by what you do Sunday morning. Do you, yeah. Did it inspire you to get up Sunday morning and actually open up your word?
0: Did it Uh, change your life?
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Did it cause you to grow closer to God? Not whether I did a good job or not, because I've preached some bomb sermons where they're just awful. But someone said, this brought me closer because the Holy Spirit was involved. And that's what's important.
0: And and that's the, the crazy thing about following Jesus Christ is it doesn't always make you popular. It's not about being popular. It's not about that praise and everything else. In fact, sometimes if we're doing our job right, it should actually be convicting and doing the very opposite of that, make you uncomfortable and that sort of thing. Anyways, there, we, I know we diverged a little bit on this, but it I comes back to the central point of of where do we go in our lives with with these kinds of things. Um, it, it's not about puffing each other up or playing to one another's ego, uh, such as these people were trying to go to the king, um, and, and that's that's very much human nature. But, uh, but Daniel, he knew he was being framed.
1: Yeah. He He knew he was being framed this is a perfect transition to this, which is he knows this decree is out there, but what was daniel's practice what did what did he do
0: didn't change anything wow okay. yeah and if you know that uh for example if if you know know that that next sabbath there you know here in the west we we tend to have a lot of religious freedom so we we take that for granted. But I'm thinking in other countries that, you know, I'm not going to say where, but but certain countries in the world right now, by going to church, you know that possibly you could go to jail. Yes. Um, People could come in and arrest you. You might, and it could be any given Sabbath. Are you going to still come to church? Are you going to still publicly express your faith? And and, and some people, you know, when I've talked and traveled in those countries, they say, you know, um, only people that are serious about their faith actually come to church. Um and, and that's the kind of thing that we have here where where Daniel knows um he knows what's up. He, know, he knows he's he's being framed. So so I call this
1: holy boldness, right? Yeah. He's he's being defiant for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it says verse ten, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went yeah. home and in his upper room with his windows open, right? Yeah. He didn't close the shutters, he, he didn't could've. go in his closet this time. He says, Towards Jerusalem he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, and and as his as was his custom since the early days.
0: Yeah, consistency. He
1: just said, "I'm not going to hide it." No, I I love God, and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I I love this because it, it correlates this with Matthew six. It says, "But uh, when you go pray, go into your room. When you have uh and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who
0: sees in secret will reward you openly." Mm-hmm. Now. Why didn't Daniel do this? Well, he he knew exactly what he was doing and uh and so this was his custom and he was he you know, I really really admire this about Daniel. It wasn't just, you know, I prayed when it was convenient, but he made prayer a consistent part of his Christian experiences daily walk with God, and and so it says he prayed three times a day, and and he stuck to it.
1: Yeah, you know he he was being a witness, mm-hmm. he was evangelizing. Yeah, he said if you want to really live a life, mm-hmm. uh, you're not living it until you know who God is, and this is not something he's hiding. This is something he's actually living out, and they saw the difference in him. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you there, there, Doctor Campbell. So so what happens as a result of them catching him praying? Uh, according to Wednesday, Wednesday's lesson in the lion's den, I guess I just gave away the, the deep plot there. Right.
0: <laughs> well, it's the great children's story. You know, my kids love this, you know, the, the, the intrigue that's going on and they come back to, uh, uh, to the King and caught him red handed. And of course with his ego, he had not seen that he was about to betray one of his, uh, close friends and advisors. And, um, and, and, and they go before the King and, um, and, you know, they remind him he, he doesn't want to carry out this thing, and which shows the deep love the king has for him, and the deep respect he has for him. And uh, and they said, yeah, but you signed it into law. So they knew they had him uh, sort of like, you know, playing chess. Uh, checkmate. We, we gotcha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I love this because here in the middle, it just goes straight through the story. It to- yeah, talks yeah. about how he's thrown in, mm-hmm. but it says, verse 22 my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O King, I have done no wrong before you. So they took him out and, you know, has this happy ending, right? It does. But at the same time, I, I don't, you know, tell me, let's get in the mind of Daniel right now. Do you think he, he knew for a fact he wasn't going to be eaten as he was
0: thrown in? I don't think so. I, You know, that that'd be very presumptuous, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think he was resigned to the fact that he said, you know, um, I've lived my life. I uh, followed you, God. And um, if this is where it ends, this is where it ends. He was resigned and, and knew uh, where things were heading up. And, I, you know, I, also, I really wonder. I, I seriously wonder. I think, you know, Daniel must have been honestly surprised.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, to get down there and to be looking face to face with this animal probably has blood still around its mouth. Yeah, it's just sitting there.
0: I mean, these were not animals that were trained to be cuddly. (laughs) No,
1: no, these were not teddy bears. (laughs) But uh, and I wonder if he was actually able to see the angel that was Mm. there and just found comfort in the fact that God's angels
0: that were there with him. Yeah, he definitely knew that that was what was uh, taking place. God had divinely intervened. Whether he physically saw the angel that, but that'd be pretty cool. I've I've sometimes wondered have Have I actually seen an angel? um do you know and i know some people have shared stories about having seen an angel uh but uh, here we clearly have an example of of a miraculous intervention of an angel making it possible uh for for Daniel to to literally survive what should have been a certain death yeah you know uh
1: then Daniel receives vindication mm-hmm. in Daniel 6:24 to 28 now this this is it's a little bit different because he asks that now these people who betrayed him and who betrayed Daniel, that they and their families are thrown in the lion's den, right? Mm-hmm. And lion's mouths were not shut this time. Yeah. Uh, but also, and this this is a problem that we have. In Daniel six twenty six. he makes a decree that everyone needs to bow down and worship uh, the, the god of Daniel. And I, I still don't think these kings get it. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, uh, none of them get it. Darius doesn't get it which is you can't make the command for someone to follow God, which is why we believe in the separation of church and state. It has to be a choice,
0: right? There, there's no, uh, there was no religious liberty here. <laughs> no, there was not.
1: But, you know, the good thing about it is they recognize the power of this God, and yeah. they, realizing they have power, they try to usurp their own power and say, God, we give it to you. Bow down to him.
0: You know, coming back once again uh, to this consistent theme we've seen in the Sabbath school lesson all the way through up to this point is God says, hey, I'm still sovereign. I am in charge here. You may think you're in charge, but yet yeah, um, I'm really in charge here. And doesn't matter how powerful a person may be here on this earth, yet they're still subject to God. There's still going to be an accountability uh, someday in the future. Now, these other people have plotted against Daniel, they, they met their judgment uh, and their fate much quicker than they thought. It was a a, a, a turn, a changing of the, of the tables, um, and we kind of like that. I mean, that's a great story where you have an upset. The what you expect to happen doesn't happen, and in fact, it's quite the opposite. And that's part of what makes just a fabulous story and makes uh, Daniel such a beloved children's story. But at the end, um, as we looked at, you know, Darius has to acknowledge that God is above him. God's worked patiently through Nebuchadnezzar's life. Now He's working through Darius and reminding and trying to teach him um, patiently. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? I, I love that you said patiently, and I think God is
1: giving us patience here because uh, the Bible doesn't sugarcoat this. Which is their families and their wives and the children were thrown in. I think the lesson did a really good job of trying to bring some compassion for uh, about us in this, mm-hmm. and saying not just saying, "Oh, He got rid of them," but you know, having compassion. Why, And I ask myself, why would they have to throw in the wives and children? Well, we find out that because of Parisian law, which is when you've done something, your family is also held, uh, held accountable, held responsible. And I think it gives me uh, a background of saying, you know what? My kids and my wife, they're, they're watching me. Our students here on campus, they're watching us. Influence. And sometimes we can cause them to go down a wrong trail, which we need to be a good example of showing them what mm-hmm. it's like to follow God so they'll follow after us.
0: Absolutely. Um, I I think we need to always remember our influence. Daniel, you know, he realized what his influence would cost him, possibly his life, and yet he's willing to have the integrity and say, I'm I'm willing to do that. Uh, But always, every day, we need to take stock of where we're at in our own Christian walk and and, uh, with integrity, um, surrendering our life to, to God every day. Otherwise, we're susceptible to jealousy and these other kinds of challenges, and yet um, God brings us back and shows, hey, if you walk with me, um, I and look, look what I did for Daniel. I'll, I take care. I, I took care of Daniel, and I'll take care of you. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I would love to
1: just uh, leave us with this thought as well, Dr. Kim. I know you probably have some final thoughts, which is even though uh, some of these people lost their lives, uh, we have no idea what happens to them eternally. Thank goodness I'm not the judge. You're not the judge. Amen. God is, and he knows eternally how to save as many people as possible. But there's one guarantee we can have, which is if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and truly follow him, we are promised that we have eternal life.
0: Yeah, and and that confidence that we have each and every day, what a, what a beautiful promise, you know. God's in the saving business. Uh, God wanted to save everybody in this story, uh, but he doesn't force people either. No.
1: Yeah. yeah. We all have choices. And
0: so prayerfully, we'll make the right choice of choosing God and his side. Yeah. And by the way, there's one final aspect I think is really good um, on, on Thursday, the lesson's titled Vindication. Um, oftentimes, we there, there's sort of a subtle heresy in Christian history that's come up that we have to vindicate God. Um, that it's our responsibility to do that, and and Daniel, this is a, a good example of um, Daniel. He honored God with his life, but it wasn't God; uh, he wasn't the one doing the vindicating at the end. God vindicated Daniel. Amen. And 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 when in a proper relationship with God and a proper understanding of all this, we live a life of faithfulness, integrity each and every day. But in the end, it's God that does the vindicating.
1: Yes, we allow God's character. To vindicate himself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Well, I guess this is Swoops and Swoops uh, signing out. See you next week. All right. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and
1: provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swawu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.